All right. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the TFT podcast. My name is Zill. It's good to have you all here today. I'm joined by my illustrious co-host, Calibra. How are you doing, Calibra? Happy birthday, Zill. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and soon it will be your birthday as well. Yeah, it will be uh, this upcoming uh, Monday. Yeah. When this episode recording. comes out, it will have been yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what's going to be happening. But yeah, as of now, Zill has leveled up, and I'm really happy about that. Thank you. Yeah, I I was really excited to uh, receive a very special gift from you. I got a piece of home from you, which was very nice. Uh from uh, from Brazil, as it were, <laughs> Brazil, Brazil, and um, <laughs> and uh, also a, a model from Deep Space Nine, which was nice, and and of course also uh, uh, Katana got me a, a fox hoodie to help with my first suiting. So this is very nice. Yeah, and it looks good on you. Thank you. And I'm I'm excited to give you your gift on Monday. I'm really curious. I've been pleasantly surprised so far. Okay, good. I yeah. think you're gonna be more than just pleasantly surprised with this one. I'm I'm actually very proud of it. So. Okay, good. Also, this giant knuckles. <laughs> yes, we love the giant knuckles that you got. Giant huggable knuckles. Yes. Every time you squeeze him or clap, he he vibrates. Yeah. So we. <laughs> Why does this exist? <laughs> I don't know, but I will just say that to turn him on, you had to open up his bussy. So. And why did you have to? <laughs> Oh. Shout out to Hornbuckle. All of my bussies are dedicated to Hornbuckle, so I'm just saying. Thanks, Hornbuckle. <laughs> um, I'm really excited for the guests that we have with us today. Uh, but before we get to her, just a quick reminder, as always, that you can support us at patreon.com slash tftuesdaypod. Our patron is the best patron. There is no other patron that is better than ours. And <laughs> I say that because it is run by me and Libra. So therefore, it is the best patron. So um, yeah, if, if you want to support us putting a bussy counter on the videos, uh, you can subscribe to the Patreon. We're not actually doing that. That would, that would, oh, kill. God. That would, that would kill us. But um, <laughs> if you'd like to have one in spirit, you can always join and support us there. Um, I don't know. Do you have anything you want to say about the Patreon? I want to say that uh, you can use the Patreon to count uh, the bussies that fucking Zill says for them. Yes. That's what you can do with it. It's great. It's a great way to do it. Otherwise, we will not pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Well, uh, that's it for our wonderful plug. I'm very excited to introduce our guest. So, Guppy, would you like to introduce yourself? Hey. Hello. I am Nupi, <laughs> also known as uh, Guppy's Po or Vicentes. <laughs> and yeah. Yes. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Um, I'm really glad to have you on. You know, um, I will disclose you are on our, our Patreon, but more more importantly, you do amazing art and. I was curious just to hear a little bit as to how you came into the TF fandom broadly. Um, well, to be honest, um, at first I was not exposed to much TF content as when I was little, when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Especially because uh, what you find on the internet is almost always on English. And when I was little, I didn't speak English because I'm not mm-hmm. 
a native English speaker. I am from Latin America. I am Ecuador, Ecuadorian. Hello, hola. <laughs> um, Spanish is my first <laughs> language. So, <laughs> most of what introduced me on the first signs of TF content was, well, just TV shows. Um, especially mm. everything that appeared on Cartoon Network because I used to watch a lot of ca Cartoon Network when I was little, which mm -hmm. wasn't much. There was not much uh, TF stuff on the Cartoon Network stuff. Um, but, you mm -hmm. know, there was Dragon Ball Z. The, um, apparently, apparently, Dragon Ball Z is like a very formative thing for a lot of people. And hey, I am oh, here yeah. too. <laughs> and some werewolf movies, of course, and you know that one random werewolf episode that's always on every show. <laughs> There's always one werewolf episode on every show, you know. Oh, yeah. And of course, uh, at the time, Ben 10, I don't know if you know that um, series, Ben 10, I don't know if that's the name in, in English. Oh, yeah. It's about a boy mm -hmm. that turns Where into aliens because. Uh, I watch. Um, I love yes. that show, just the first one. <laughs> but mm -hmm. I don't really take much inspiration on that type of transformations because I am more of other type of transformation that we might talk about later. <laughs> mm -hmm. But oh, yeah. continuing, <laughs> when I was like, um, like nine or ten years old, uh, my parents bought a Nintendo DS <laughs> for me and my mm -hmm. siblings. And we are three. I have a twin sister and an old little brother. And my mm -hmm. brother liked Castlevania. <laughs> and we, uh -huh. had, we had all the Nintendo DS Castlevania games. And I became like really obsessed with, with Castlevania because it was full of monsters and cool creatures and that also kind of introduced me into the gothic theme and monsters and vampires and you know all that sexy stuff and he also introduced oh, me into um, metal music the, the genre metal music which might not seem important right, right now yeah. <laughs> but my, maybe if we get to that part of a story and um, I will I will say why it's important for me to be a metalhead. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Um, uh, could you tell me what Castlevania games you played? I'm curious. I played uh, Castlevania Portrait of Ruins, Castlevania oh. Dawn of Sorrow, and my fifth Castlevania game, which was, which is, um, Castlevania uh, Order of Ecclesia. I love Castlevania ah. Order of Ecclesia. <laughs> oh, I can. I, uh, so, can I take the, the the really painfully answer as to why you like Order of Ecclesia? Or <laughs> mm, yeah, Cause, cause I did play that mm, game. I like I like that game in specific. First, first off, the first reason is because mm, the protagonist is uh, it's a woman. It's a, a woman, of course. The soundtrack in that game is just chef kiss. It's like the best soundtrack in all the Nintendo DS games, Castlevania Nintendo DS games. Oh. I love that soundtrack. Mm -hmm. First I heard. And that. the designs 
are very sexy. Like that's the the best Dracula ever in that game. The best Dracula ever. <laughs> and that's why I like Order of Ecclesia. Yeah, it's also like very uh, a very important part of my childhood. <laughs> mm. That's a pretty good way. That's a pretty good one to have because I did not play Order of Ecclesia until way later. Mm. Yeah, and um, and just let Zill know, Shanoa can turn into three different things, which is like a cat woman, a okay. succubus-looking demon, uh-huh. and a silly one where she's like a weird stumpy robot. Oh, that's hilarious. And the and you're kind of like, what the point? What is the fucking point of this form? Yeah. But it's to get places you otherwise can't with the other two. Oh, uh, okay, that makes sense. So it's really useful, <laughs> but you can totally also not get any of those forms as powers. Really? Yeah, you can overlook them. Oh. So you kind of got to go out of your way to get them, but once you do, they're yours, and you can turn into them anytime you want for any duration that you want, as long as it's convenient and works. Okay. Yeah. So is the cat TF sexy? I like it. Okay. I'll show it to you later. Okay. Yeah. I, I want to see the this way, now. I love the way she actually moves. The cat. Yeah. Yes. It was very, very sexy. Cause, cause, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because once you get the robot, you uh, you can go to places that like really secret places. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The robot's like, what the fuck is this for? Oh. oh. <laughs> it clearly be- it becomes apparent after a while. Yep. So yeah, I think uh, you know I never played Portrait of Ruin, but. Um, yeah, I'll probably do that sometime. Castlevania is really fun. I have like my other picks. But, uh, I'm. I think it's really cool that you started on those games because since I started late, I really appreciated what they've made over the years. Yeah. Yeah, Castlevania is like very important to me. <laughs> it might not seem like that because I don't screen about it that much on Twitter or something, but uh, Castlevania mm. is like really important to me. Um, but of course, the, those weren't the only the, the only games I played on the DS. There was also of <laughs> Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I am hu- a huge fan of Mortal Kombat too. We have some stuff to talk about then. <laughs> yeah, Libra loves <laughs> fighting games. So. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Yes. Um. I don't know how far to go into that, but yeah. Um, well, coming back to more goopy lore. <laughs> I didn't knew English at the time, of course. And I, <laughs> of course, didn't knew that there were more people like me. Uh, weirdos that enjoying see people turning into stuff or things like that. And I was actually like yeah. very, very insecure. Uh, about that because you know like you see all the other um, kids enjoying their their stuff and then there is me that I enjoy these really weird things about um, men turning into werewolves or something and I don't know I was like a bit baffled about the fact that no other girls or even boys liked um, werewolves the way I, I liked them. <laughs> so this became some mm. kind of secret to me. Consider consider the context that I that I studied on a religious religious school and I was mm. like a little girl and the idea is that I was supposed to like girly things. 
like the right. rest of my classmates and you know and yearly things are quite boring <laughs> so yeah. i actually find myself, they never found myself playing more with boys and i was like a very aggressive <laughs> little girl playing with boys <laughs> and you know i was like um so insecure about this that I didn't even mention it to the closest person I have which was my, my sister, my twin sister I'm like very close with my, my twin sister and I didn't even say that to her um, by, the, by the way her, her name is Julius <laughs> like not her real name her nickname <laughs> Julius mm. and she actually likes werewolves too she ended up liking werewolves too <laughs> <laughs> then oh, nice. when I got uh, free access to the internet and I also start learning English I created a Tumblr account mm -hmm. and I joined fandoms of video games and stuff I liked and the first big uh, fandom I joined was Undertale um, around mm -hmm. 2015 mm -hmm. I think and I don't know if, if you know how was the Undertale fandom, but... I do. I do, you unfortunately. Do? <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> I've heard things. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. It was, it was something. It was something. <laughs> it but it sure was something. The Undertale <laughs> fandom had was... Yeah, it was something. That fandom was something. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing the fandom had was an insane amount of uh, AUs, uh, alternative yes. universe. <laughs> mm -hmm. And there is one AU uh, called Gaster Blaster AU. I don't know if that's how you say AU. But well, are you? Yeah, no, it is. It is. It is. Um, well, the Gaster Blaster O, Gaster Blaster being these skull things that Sans used to shoot beams on his fight, and it was technically a uh, werewolf AU, but with the skeletons. <laughs> and oh, I, I started, I start drawing about that, and that's how <laughs> I got into all this. I suddenly noticed that people really like it when I when I met the, the skeletons turning into creatures and it was like shocking to me because remember I was like very nervous and very insecure about this weird light I, li right. I had with werewolves um, yeah and you know I start learning about terms I slowly realized about the furry fandom and this whole thing about TF and um, actually I, I the first introduced I have to the TF was because there was one artist that was also like really obsessed with this Caster Blaster album uh, and that artist was a TF artist and I saw the mm. TF content they made time to time and I was like what is this <laughs> and it was like my, f my the first actual time that I I saw a legit TF artist I think the na their name was um, Space Cat Space Cat something like that so mm -hmm. I have to admit that at first I I avoided I avoided it because there was like 
ton of adult content around it and not safe for work stuff yes. and, and that time tumblr still had uh, didn't ban uh, not safe for work stuff and i was still uh, yeah you know uh, underage <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's not like i didn't consume not safe for work content because i did <laughs> at some point yeah but it was not like such an interest for me at that time and i found it kind of weird and low key of voting but you know later and i grew <laughs> and mm-hmm. i started to mix transformations with the idea of something more sexual well that that that's another story <laughs> but that happened especially when i start college like um three four years ago um because i i study contemporary art actually and well studying contemporary art actually mm, change your your perception of reality like really bad <laughs> right mm, meanwhile and i guess also realized that perhaps liking tf was not that weird weird it is weird <laughs> well Uh, or at least it's not like a harmful thing to like even though sometimes I I touch um, dangerous zones (laughs) with it but you know whatever and that's it yeah I want to say though and I'm I'm glad you've kind of come to that realization like I I don't think that liking transformation is anything more out there than say i don't know being like really obsessed with like trains or something like we all have like interests and i think that you know transformation especially is this storytelling trope or genre or whatever word you want to use for it that has existed for like literally millennia in storytelling so you know if anything uh, it's something that's more essential to uh, the human like mind than a lot of other interests that we have in this day and age. So, but I'm glad that like studying contemporary art helped to shift your perspective and make you feel more comfortable with you know your interest in transformation. Mm, yeah. It's also because I I've seen stuff happening in contemporary art and where to perhaps weirder than someone turning into a werewolf. So yeah, <laughs> it's like <laughs> I mean there are weirder stuff in this world. I've met people with weirder uh, likes than me. So yeah, at the, at the end I was like, eh, maybe I'm not that weird compared to these people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's all right. Uh because I, I think what makes it strange, especially to people who aren't into it, is um, is that it, it's it is a very particular thing to focus on people changing and you know just just around that concept in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why we have this niche because you definitely notice that a lot of other content is not centered around 
How does it feel? What are they turning into? How often do they turn into it? What does it look like? What happens after? Yeah, what happens after? Or what triggers it? All that stuff. And yeah, there really isn't any kind of... um, There isn't a focus quite like it. Yeah. And that's why and that's why it can be singled out as either an element or just something to enjoy. And I also don't think it's very weird in general to like it also because when 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 people get into stuff, they can get into a specific storytelling element and it can just kind of be the same. I think the only difference is that um because the, the, the community is small sometimes, it feels, you know? Mm-hmm. And it feels small because there's only so many people willing to talk. Yeah. So when so you only get a few people talking, then there's only a few ideas that float around. And it feels like there isn't really very much to, to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Which is why, remember, uh, earlier on, the question was, like, how many episodes, how much content, how many things can you really talk about with yeah. this stuff? A lot. A lot. We're still going. But you but you wouldn't know it, you wouldn't think about it if you just stick to like the one aspect that you enjoy or that you yeah. consume. Uh, it is such a broad thing that it's why I don't think it's weird. You can bring pieces of this to other people and they can get into it just fine. Yeah. Or they can at least appreciate it for the time that you're talking about it. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a great way of looking at it. And I also think that, you know, unlike a lot of other storytelling elements, this is one that, and I'm not saying it's the only one, but I think this one in particular encourages a lot of introspection and thought about how you navigate the world. And I don't think that there's many storytelling tropes that can have that same effect on someone. Again, I'm not saying TF is the only one, but I think that it stands no, it, head and shoulders over a lot of other ones. I, I think it just does the job in a way that none of them can. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Otherwise, otherwise, there's plenty that can be used to equal and or greater effect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because mm. otherwise it would be boring. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree, I agree. Um, yeah. You know, it's actually interesting, the, the thing that you say that, you know, maybe, well... Because we are so deep into this, perhaps we we already have like a, a mindset towards transformation, and we are mm-hmm. like, okay, transformation is this, transformation is that, and yada yada. Um, but because of why I do, because I do a particular type of TF content, and I actually get mm-hmm. a lot of people that don't know nothing about TF and they suddenly see my stuff and they're like oh and the first the first thing I thought uh, the people would say or the first reaction I think I thought people would have was going to be like I don't know um, something bad like maybe they will not like the idea of their you know they their fave character transforming into werewolves or something like that. <laughs> um, right, but right. I actually uh, I ha- I haven't had bad comments in all these years. That's good. And and that that say that says a lot. I think like perhaps transformation mm-hmm. is more common than we we thought. 
Yeah. No, I think that's a really good point. And I wanted to touch on that because, you know, one thing that is very apparent in your art is that you have this penchant for using canon fictional characters as your TF subjects. And so I'm glad that you've had good reactions. I'm curious what drew you to using canon, char canon characters as your TF subjects. Um, well, that's an easy answer. I'm an autistic person. No, 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 I'm joking. <laughs> it, but, but it's an easy answer. And it's the fact that I tend to overfixate with, can, with ch characters when I enter new mm -hmm. fandoms. And naturally, right. I become silly enough to start imagining TF scenarios with them. And it, it has mm -hmm. always been like that. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you have more of a connection with these canon characters sometimes than you would with, say, um, you know, like a, just a completely original character? Um, well, first off, I do have OCs, and I also turn them into creatures, even if their stories is not around that. For example, I have characters that are not werewolves, mm -hmm and I turn them into werewolves anyways because I'm just uh, <laughs> deranged individual, you know. <laughs> I'm very yeah, normal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, well, yes, part of the reason why I like using canon characters is because there is, like, a really a base which I could work with and since most of my personal work is about characters, I, I simp. <laughs> Well, I know mm -hmm. them a lot. I, I know them a, a lot. And yeah. it's just fun to try to figure out a way of making context of why a kind of character would transform into something, especially if the character is like uh, completely a part of a transformation context, like no mm -hmm. transformation ha ever happened in, in front of them or something like that. Um, right. Of course, it's not the same to turn um, a really werewolf character into werewolf than turning a character that's completely clueless, clueless into a werewolf. <laughs> yeah. Because, no, um, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, no, I think that's really interesting that you say that because I find oftentimes when I think about transformation in the context of canon characters at least for me my mind goes a little bit more to like the idea of and again this depends on the the franchise and the characters but my mind often goes to the idea of like transformation being something that they might be at least a little tangentially aware of and so it's interesting to approach it from the angle of like you are introducing it brand new as like a concept that they're not necessarily aware of and now they're being confronted with it because they're, you know, turning into a werewolf. <laughs> yeah, M most of the time, um, you know, werewolf characters are used like, you know, well, not only werewolf characters, and it also yeah. happen happens with um, shapeshifters or any other type of character that turns into something. And it's the fact that they they follow the trope, uh, the character that turns into something. No, and they are cool. Yeah. I love them, but most in most content media, those type of characters are like used, made for that. 
everything around them is about transformation, transformation here, transformation there, transformation and more transformation. And again, it's like a cool thing. But if I do a fan art of them, I won't be doing something interesting, in my opinion. Because what mm -hmm. the character uh, already does, which is transform, it's already done on the show or game or whatever. So if I take a character that doesn't have a transformation context, there is always a ton of... Uh, like, there is already context for them, uh, solid context, and they all have their meanings and stuff, and me adding transformation to them is just like adding a bit of, a bit of spice, <laughs> because again, I'm just a deranged individual. <laughs> I like drama. <laughs> Drama's good. I like drama. <laughs> yeah, that's what some people say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, I think that's really cool. You know, one of the things that I like about your artwork, and it's something that I see you return to a lot in your personal work, is definitely the more... the shocking, the surprise, the not knowing what's happening and what to do with themselves as they're transforming and it feels like that ties in with your kind of uh i guess thought process when it comes to transforming these canon characters there's that sense of you know how is this character going to react to such a shocking and unknown thing that is happening to them in that moment and let me show that in very uh, uh vivid detail <laughs> what's the appeal for that because what? that's a for for wanting to see the shock and surprise of a character turning into stuff. It's a very specific thing that I never tapped into. Mm. And although I can and although I can appreciate in a really surface level way the um, you know the the appeal of it, I I don't like I, I don't really get it fully. I can only I can. I can only ever say, "Oh yes, that's that's an interesting thing to play with." I'm sure, but mm -hmm. that doesn't, but doesn't mean I get it, you know. Mm. So I think I, I I I think both of you have stakes in that. I don't know if you could tell me, like, what is it about that? Well, I think I just uh, okay. I like unwilling, unpayful transformations, <laughs> <laughs> and I like characters like being in that situation mostly my fake characters because I like hearing them screaming <laughs> and being in pain because again I'm a deranged person but there is like a whole like a whole story let's say that of why I like um, unwilling and painful transformation, but w why I do that to canon characters is because um, I, I don't know, I just like to see characters suffering. <laughs> and I like to see my favorite characters suffering. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I, I can say that as well that like, you know, I, I think to, to step away from the transformation context, but to talk broadly about how I see things with characters in general when I'm writing them, like, there is something that I find interesting in terms of, you know, you make your little meow meow suffer a little bit um, and it produces an interesting story. I find that when it comes to 
um, you know, characters going through these kinds of situations, the story that you can tell can sometimes be more compelling, especially if the character is going to get character growth out of it. So, for example, um, you know, and I guess I'm not thinking so much about canon characters right now, I'm speaking more about my own original characters, but, you know, I've played in many different, uh, Dungeons and Dragons campaigns where my character has transformation worked into their backstory, and it's not necessarily something that they were excited for or wanted to necessarily happen. I obviously am sitting here rubbing my hands together with glee, like, yes, and then my OCTF'd because, uh, you know, that makes me happy. But, you know, oftentimes the way that I work it in is because it's in service of a character arc. And oftentimes when you are doing character writing or character development, if you want to make a story interesting, there does need to be a little bit of suffering or at least, you know, a setback for the hero, so you know, to speak. So to use an example, I had a, a character in a Dungeons and Dragons campaign who started out as a human and wanted to become a dragon. And he wanted to become a dragon for a variety of different reasons, some of them being escaping capitalism, which I think is a mood. But more importantly, he just thought they were neat. <laughs> it was just like, you know, holding the potato, I just think they're neat, I would like to be that. And he tried to um, make a potion to, to TF himself. He fashioned himself as a bit of an alchemist. And he actually turned into a kobold instead. And so part of his quest in the campaign was, how do I go from kobold to dragon? And, you know, he had a lot of uh, trauma that he needed to unpack from that process. Uh, it came at a point of great emotional stress for himself his daughter had just died but there was meaning behind the initial transformation and his final goal and he learned to be a better person before he reached that final goal of becoming you know what he perceived to be as a better external form so i think that when it comes to making characters you know suffer in quotations uh i mean at the end of the day they are just you know figments of our imagination but I find that you can tell a really interesting story when those characters go through those situations. And that's not to detract from stories that have, you know, you know, there's no suffering and everything's great. Like those are good too, but I find that I have a particular interest in that kind of storytelling approach because it can yield something very interesting and it can also make the audience reflect on you know, how they view certain topics or issues or things like that. I get that. I I have... It's been well over ten minutes. I know. You haven't mentioned Berserk yet. Yeah, so Berserk is like <laughs> one of my favorite stories. Yeah. And everything you said is... That is steeped in Berserk. Enough yeah. to turn so many people <laughs> off to it. <laughs> but I, I, I get that. And I'm okay with that. And mm -hmm. I resonate with that. Uh, the reason I, the reason I asked the question isn't because of that. That I can understand, mm -hmm. but that's not what that's not what we get out of the the content. When there's a when there's a, an interest in just kind of creating discomfort, pain, anguish, things like that, it's that that's not a story that we're getting out of it. Like that's the point. So it seems sometimes. So I I disagree a little bit, but I'll explain what I mean by that. 
if, for example, I know we're talking more about art because in writing, obviously. Well, you can no, I'm talking it. about like not necessarily art. I'm talking about like the the content that people like take in a mm. lot because what people end up taking in more than anything is pictures, drawn. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. I get the point of using suffering to tell a story, build a character, create drama, and enjoy things. Mm -hmm. what I'm, but the, the reason I'm, I'm asking about it is because often when the content gets made, it's, not in, it's often not in these long-form stories that connect with one another and eventually mm -hmm. reach some kind of conclusion of growth. A lot of it right. is you know, short, bite-sized experiences where the point of it is they have gone through this and enjoy that specific thing yeah so um i will take a shot at that and then guppy please feel free to chime in the thing that i would say when it comes to like art that's depicting these kinds of things oftentimes the artist in my opinion and again i'm speaking more from personal experience but you have a little bit of a head canon as to like what that means for the character and what part of the story you are depicting and even if it's not depicting the entire kind of thought process you have in your mind you are kind of thinking out of like okay i've shown this part but this is what it means to me in my head like this is where they started and this is where they're gonna go and i've depicted the part that is most visually interesting yeah and I, I usually take the character I resonate more with and usually it's the, the type of character I like are like characters that are like sometimes villains or anti-heroes because I don't, I don't like protagonist characters, I don't like that, that trope much. Sometimes, sometimes it depends. I've mm. taken some protagonists before. Um, but I usually take the usually the billions or the more like neutral characters and I yeah I have like these head canons about them and when I took them and I made them go through a transformation sometimes they mean something sometimes <laughs> they don't mean a thing I don't <laughs> I don't do it by thinking something in specific but uh, I don't know. Are you fi find appealing um, to see someone not having a, a good time? And I do think that I actually like that because of my personal social context. It's like a reflection of that. And I don't know if mm. you want to <laughs> to hear that story. <laughs> no, I, I think that would be interesting to hear because it's clearly had a big effect on how you approach art within transformation so um i like unwilling um painful transformations and well mm -hmm. you know i live in south america and something that people might not know about uh, countries here is the amount amount of real violence that there is here um me mm -hmm. personally i do suffer just by the fact that I'm a woman and I've been right. through very disgusting situations through my entire life things that mm. I'm not going to specify yeah but well because of that I also learned that to live my daily life I I need to be a bit of an aggressive lady and I do also have to be somehow tolerant to the aggression that the rest of the society has also have 
And you know, there is also the whole drug dealing thing and political corruption, which might right. seem that it doesn't directly affect people or affect us, but it, it does, it certainly does. Um, and you know, perhaps international news don't say it, but violence sometimes is so bad that you can be, you cannot walk on the street without the fear of looking something that you should not have seen, witness. Yeah. And that could, could cost your life or the life of your family. No, that's a reality I live. Uh, so imagine growing up with that. And, you know, I was lucky because my nuclear family was very stable and supported. Um, I'm also very lucky myself because, again, I am a woman. I'm always in danger, and I've I've known that since I was like a little girl. Everyone told me that I needed to be careful because you know things happen to to little girls sometimes. So with that contest, I it kind of makes sense that I that I am. I end up liking violent content media. <laughs> it's like I, I'm just so used to see that I, I kind of go to that. And that's where all these, my first came were Mortal Kombat, Castlevania, the painting of Isaac. And I was also the type of <laughs> girl that watched um, Happy Tree Friends on YouTube. <laughs> when well, YouTube didn't care much about mm -hmm. gore. Oh, Do you yeah. know what Happy Tree Friends is? <laughs> It's a very yes. Sorry. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> very gory. Yeah. Apparently, those. Uh, apparently, that the writing team for that show also wrote for a Sonic game. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I know that. Yeah. That's I, really funny. I think. Was it Sonic Colors? Oh my god! But, but it was good. It, yeah, it was. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I enjoyed Happy Tree Friends too, so I, I get the appeal. Yeah, I I liked Happy Tree Friends a lot. Like. I don't know why I, I just like <laughs> that damn mm -hmm. program, but anyways. Okay, I, I'll I'll meet you I'll meet you all halfway on this. I uh -huh. do have really morbid curiosities. Um, I indulge in them in the way that I just want to see, because uh, imagining it doesn't feel like it's enough. Yeah. So it's like j just show me, show me the fucking thing. I can't stop thinking about it. My mind wants to complete the image. Yeah. So that's where I go with that. Mm -hmm. um, so if I'm watching something where people are going through a lot of fucking pain and suffering, if I'm interested in that, it's because my mind really just wants to complete the image. I haven't been through anything like uh, like Guppy has, but uh, but it's there, and yeah. it's something that a lot of people have in different measures. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, and um, it seems to me that this kind of goes in line with a theme of using transformation as an ex as a as um how do, how do i want to put this it, it, it's a way to play with power dynamics yeah both you know like 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 no matter what angle you want to play it at if it's you surrendering your autonomy and your body or you making other people do it or enhancing or diminishing or, or something it's it's it, it is so much to do with power mm -hmm. and the feeling of it, and that's why I um, that's why I also look critically at that stuff and yeah. see what see what's trying to be said. 
because uh, when I look at Guppy's art, um, I don't know, uh, you said you like suffering and things like that, It's but there's more going on from what I can see, like with the comic that you had of um, somebody running away, and uh, I think they were running away from a cult or a cultist, and you know, the friend turns out to be the werewolf or something like that, and I was like, oh, there's something there. You know, it's not just suffering for the sake of suffering. No. There is there's something else being explored. Yeah. And and that's why I was that's why I was saying before that I was wondering what it is about that because when you cuz cuz when you both mentioned, you know, your experience Guppy and uh, and Yuzil with the um, with looking for a way to meaningfully grow a character. I get that stuff. It's mm-hmm. just it's it's just um, like I said. There's a lot of really bite-sized content, and it seems like the cruelty is the point to me sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what that's where I was getting at. Yeah. But I I perfectly accept like both of these things. They yeah. make a lot of sense and to I, me. I think it makes sense as well, Guppy. That you know, based on your experiences, that it has become such a an important theme in the media you enjoy to consume and and then put out as well. You know, to me, it it speaks to a way to reclaim in a sense control over the the violence and redirect it in, in a different way in a way that you know you kind of have the onus of control and the agency to do with it what you will i mean i think that that totally makes sense to me so do you uh, agree with that <laughs> mm, kind of i like i ha- i mm, i like i like that i like that but that's not uh, that's not really the point sometimes um, mm. I don't know how to explain this let, let me, all right, okay uh, I am obsessed with God stuff okay I, I know this might not <laughs> make so so much sense no, I no. am obsessed with gothic stoops and you know God it's like all this dark and, and people wearing like vampires and, and things like that. Um perhaps it might not seem so obvious because also my art is not like that dark. I actually use like a lot of colors, but I actually take a lot of imp- inspiration of gothic themes, especially again music, uh, black mm-hmm. metal, death metal, goth and doom, which is like I think that's especially the type of hand- hand- genre that I take inspiration from and right. some yeah, I don't know if you you heard have heard some god or doom metal music but there is always this like mm, suffering these people is like saying that they are going through but it's a type of suffering that it's not just um, like oh it's suffering i am suffering i'm in pain i want to die it's like it's suffering yes but it's it's like a a good type of suffering i don't know if that makes sense um and i kind of i think that makes sense i i'm a big my chemical romance fan so (laughs) (laughs) oh this might come like really edgy But um, <laughs> that's okay. But sorry, you were saying. Yeah, I, I like that type of romanticism of the suffering because I think uh, mm-hmm. 
suffer is uh, a part of being human. No, I actually see um, unwilling and painful fast transformations as an allegory to su suffering as part of being human. Because the main thing you see in those, those type of transformations is course people suffering and there is nothing more that human humans that are crying or at least expressing themselves in some way because they are going through something that's not comfortable for them and you know to cry to to not like that type of thing is like natural to the human being but you know yeah. uh, pain and suffering it's just a temporary thing. You're not supposed to be suffering all the time. Like, you're supposed to suffer time to time, but it's not supposed to be a constant suffering for the rest of your life. Like, just small uh, yeah, <laughs> places in time that you suffer, you suffer a lot, and you are, like, crying and not having a good time, but that at some point end and you yeah. return to it yourself but change in any way in some way so yeah that that's like my approach to it it's like of course they don't like what's happening to them but it's like a kind of necessary suffering that they are going through um, <laughs> And sometimes, <laughs> when I do characters going to that type of suffering, they know they some some of them perhaps like going through suffering. <laughs> and but that depends on the character. That's why I I say that I liked working with um, canon characters because they have like this mm -hmm. already established uh, personality that I don't have to, to think by myself. And again, I have OCs and I also turn them into werewolves even if they are not werewolves. Um, but it's yeah. like harder for me to try to pull out something interesting, for me at least. Um, and you know, I make a whole story. Sometimes I use Lazy and I like to take something that's already there and work with it. I find it really ironic. Um, <laughs> Because uh, a lot of people may see your work and think, "Oh yes, this is uh, this is something that uh, is to remove the humanity from it," but it's the opposite for you from what you describe. You're highlighting humanity and kind of putting uh, the essence of what it means to go through it. At least for us, everything yeah. kind of expresses and processes its suffering own way we got it and yeah. I think with enough understanding you know you can connect with that and I think that's one of the things I can appreciate about your work and that's also why I think it's an important question to ask if you're making that kind of content or if you're enjoying it like, well, what's in it for you mm -hmm. mm, I mean I I do it because I like doing it. I used to like it. I like looking my five characters. I was not meaning to ask the question again. You both told me in in really good detail uh, exactly what it is. Yeah. 
and I appreciate you kind of sharing your thoughts on that because I think it's a perspective that doesn't always get heard, particularly within these spaces, and I think that it's incredibly well thought out and meaningful. So I appreciate you sharing kind of those insights because I think to me, I, I just value that having more of an audience to hear it because I think it's a message that is important to hear. Yeah, it's a, her, art is an incredibly personal thing and depending on what you're going through or how you've grown up, it's, it's you know, going to speak its own message. Yeah. I think that people need to understand that when they're looking at something, it's going to be through that more than anything. It's not going to be as cut and dry, even though it seems like something silly or something dramatic. It's really pulling from... It may very well be pulling from something you really don't understand. Yeah. So then I'm, I'm curious, um, you know, going back to the canon characters in particular, are there any franchises that you in particular like pulling from for characters? Are there any that you find you keep coming back to? Uh, I usually like franchises that I really have like a fantasy setting on them. Even though I said mm. before that the most separated the character is for a transformation setting, the best is for me. Um, yeah. But anyways, I like when there is like a bit of logical context inside the story. That happens mm -hmm. only when I want to make some kind of content. Sometimes I, I don't care about the context, I just draw whatever. <laughs> or I put out a trigger <laughs> of my eyes like the last last thing I did with the hot dog and Arcanite transformation. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, no, that's great. Lately, my favorite franchise has been Yo-Yo's, um, Yo-Yo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> and why? Well, Bizarre yeah. is in the name. There's a lot of shit happening in there all the time and people literally cannot tell me that I can take a character and turn it into whatever I want because just to name a few things that have happened on JoJo's, um, Yosuke, which is one of the protagonists, almost turned into an electric tower, <laughs> a character yes. got turned into a piece of paper. There is a cat that turned into mm -hmm. plant. In another part, there is a character that can turn people into snails. In other part, a billion, well, it's a vampire. Then another character appears that can turn into a dinosaur. Then there is also this dude that have a fetish with the Mona Lisa hands. So there's like a ton of shit happening on yo-yos and I just can work with it. Like, I, I don't even need context for yo-yos because yo-yos is yo-yos. It's bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like a fun little, I don't know, yo-yos is fun. Like the characters, their scenes are, are very pretty. The colors, the aesthetic of the show. I like yo-yos, I like yo-yos. Um, well, there is also Mortal Kombat, but I've never done actual TFR of it yet, but it will most likely happen at some point, soon. Perhaps. I already made it, but I haven't posted. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of it. Nobody's done stuff with animalities or anything. 
No, and animalities are like a very old thing in Mortal Kombat. I'm surprised. <laughs> okay, you gotta remember that because of, uh, because of how everybody grew up, fighting games are also kind of a niche thing. Mm-hmm. I am surprised when I find people who are into this stuff, but also into fighting games. There, there's plenty, but not, but but I have to go looking for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the idea that you would have somebody who's into fighting games also happens to be in the Mortal Kombat and was either aware of or playing Mortal Kombat when everybody had an animality. And animalities, by the way, for anybody who doesn't already know. I yeah, they, they turn into animals. <laughs> also, it's really fucking stupid most of the time. <laughs> and you would think that, uh, and you would think that, oh, you know, they would turn into, like, like Sub Zero would turn into uh, a fucking polar bear and and maul you. No, he turns into a penguin, walks over, lays an egg, and the egg blows you up. It's really stupid. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I forget what the yeah. fuck scorpion turns into, but it's not a scorpion. <laughs> no, Scorpion turns into a, a bunny, I think. No, I actually think that no. uh, Sub-Zero turned into a bunny and Scorpion turned into a, into the penguin that lay that egg that Wait. explodes. And the one Wait, that turned into right. uh-huh, the one that turned into Scorpion was this character called Shiva. That's it was like Shiva. a woman yeah, with Shiva four arms. Into it. <laughs> which which made the which made at least a little bit of sense because she has four arms and two legs. Yeah. So she could be a scorpion, but scorpion was not a scorpion. <laughs> so. Yes. Wait, wasn't the bunny Sonia or something? I don't remember. No, oh, I don't it, remember it, it, it either. There's so so much. I remember one animality was somebody turning to like a uh, like some kind of monkey, mm-hmm. and they didn't actually kill him, but they chased him like back and forth on the stage because if they caught him, they'd be fucking dead. Oh my god! Really, really good. <laughs> Mortal That's Kombat is dumb. In a lot of great yeah. ways. Yeah. Mortal Kombat is like super gory, but also the gory is like super stupid. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> it is so over the top. The the gore is so over the top that you look in in abject horror but fascination more than anything. Because mm-hmm. actual violence yeah. will make you want to just leave you Okay. Oh, real violence is very different from sensational violence. I think people don't understand that. Yeah. Which is why, and I know there's a little bit of a tangent, but just, just to give people an idea of like where I come from with depicting you know, the stuff we've been talking about, characters mm-hmm. suffering and pain, Yeah. Um, something like, uh, like Manhunt was a huge deal. I don't know if any either of you played Manhunt before or heard Absolutely about not. it. I think I heard it. It was like um, a wound shooting thing. No. Um, okay. So just real quick, um, Manhunt was a, was a Rockstar game, and the premise was that you wake up in some place that uh, seems to be inhabited by killers. You are constantly being videotaped, no matter where you go, and the idea is that you are being held uh, prisoner by somebody who is pretty much making snuff films. And uh, they're going to be watching you try to get through this gauntlet of uh, murderers and killers. And in order to do it, you got to kill them with whatever you can find. And um, they want you to do it as violent as possible. And you can actually control the level of violence that you actually inflict on somebody with the tool you want to kill them with. Wow. It is incredibly fucked up. 
yeah. incredibly fucked up. And it's one of those games that touches more on what real violence is like, and it's extremely uncomfortable. You know, you do not play that game if you do not want to be made to feel uncomfortable. It's very unique in that regard. Mortal Kombat is not like that. Yeah. Mortal Kombat will show you things that will make you be like, Oh, God, that's fucking horrible. But you'll move along because you know that you won't be spaghetti. You won't be like spaghettified into a black hole with your organs being trailed. Yeah. Into <laughs> it looks disgusting, but it's also like, what the fuck am yeah, I Yeah, how did you come up with this? Yeah. But it's no, very different sense. if you're playing manhunts and you get to decide exactly how badly you want to kill this person with yeah. a plastic bag. I, that image is burned into my mind. Um, and that's, again, I tie this to the subject because, I mean, the influences it has on us. Mm-hmm. And us. Yeah. Well, I want to make sure we have time for the other topics, but I have one last question in this kind of arena for you, Guppy. Um, let's say that you had to pick a transformation for a canon character that maybe you've never interacted with before, maybe for like a commission. How would you go about picking a TF for Ratchet from Ratchet and Clank and for Lilith from Darkstalker's Vampire Savior? Um, I actually don't know what. No, who are them? <laughs> oh, you don't so know I them at all. Tell. Okay, that's fine. I think it's it's really interesting that we kind of talked a lot about, uh, I guess, the impact of like you know, violence and that sort of thing in the context of canon characters. Because something that I've noticed from your work is that you work with both safer work and not safer work pieces, but overall your personal work actually tends towards safer work. Um, and so I'm. You know, I know you have interest in both elements broadly, but I'd like to better understand why you choose to focus on safer work content in your personal stuff. Well, uh, um, most of the reason why I usually work more with safer work stuff is because I don't, I don't see the necessity of doing, <laughs> of, of doing it not safe for work. Because, um, as I mentioned, most of the time my interest is in making the character going through uh, like a painful and fast, willing transformation, and kind of work with the context of the character and yada yada. Um, but I actually sometimes like doing not safe for work, of course, <laughs> mm-hmm. with transformation, also, and. But you know, it's like funny to try to to because I have like two accounts. Okay, I have Guppy, Guppy, Pau Guppy, which is the safe for work, and then I have Vicentes. And if you notice, sometimes I put uh, some transformation art that is not uh, really not safe for work in the sense of showing genitals on the right not safe for work and then I put some other questionable stuff on that safe for work and I sometimes have like uh, like I don't know what to where to put one piece because hmm, maybe it's like to to not safe for work but what it's not safe for work to be honest um, because sometimes to make the separation in what thing it's safe for work and what thing is not safe for work it's like hard to define because like I said uh, sure 
explicit sexual content it's not safe for work but not everything involving sex is like explicit and there is nudity that it's not really aimed to be sexual and apart from that right. where exactly horror lands like it's body horror not safe for work it's low or mid gore not safe for work and again going back to what <laughs> what kind of gore is like the real hard thing and what other gore it's not like you know so so hard where where those that land where specific undertones should be on that's not safe for work category and I don't know sometimes I use I use do whatever <laughs> so sometimes and as I've heard in in other episodes of the podcast for some people a, a transformation just by being a transformation is like a, a really a not safe for what thing for because for some people they see a transformation that perhaps is not uh, it, it's not showing genitals but by just the fact that it's a transformation for some people it's like a turn on and it's like I don't know <laughs> yeah I get what you mean it's it's um things can always push buttons it, it's implicit content you see you see stuff that bleeds into what you like I don't think too hard about what how to label that stuff mostly because the way we're sharing it you know you, you got you got these things laid out for you and what matters most I think is knowing what you're showing and to who yeah. after that it's really just a matter of as you're sharing it you just um, you label it the way you think it fits best only for the sake of making sure that it's not that complicated for the creator because if you start to if you start to really weigh out well what counts as safe to show people and what isn't or you know it's okay to be seen over your shoulder at your job you you can you can really extrapolate a lot of weird shit from a lot of places and uh yeah that's um yeah that that, that we don't need that kind of thing uh, people need to be able to have some media literacy and also just understand what the fuck something is and when to bring it up. You know what's not safe for work as well? Uh, whipping out your Game Boy or your DS or your Switch. <laughs> that shit's generally not safe to do at work. That's true. That's true, actually. That's a very good point. I, I think <laughs> I, I think the, the thing that stands out to me the most, though, at least in terms of how you frame it, Guppy, is that your interest just it, it can be but it's not really focused on any sort of like you know nudity or anything it's more about the painful process so much nudity but eroticism yeah it's not the eroticism it's not about the eroticism sorry you're right that's what I meant to say <laughs> maybe maybe only maybe huh? only maybe okay all right. Maybe. Fine. <laughs> we just had somebody who uh, was maybeing for a little while, so you do your journey as you will. <laughs> well, because because I I think even sometimes you know when I see stuff in your art, I think there are, are things that could be considered like an undercurrent, if that makes sense. Of like you know you can infer more 
suggestive or tense themes from some of these pieces that may be considered safe for work. Would you say that's your intention or is that more I'm reading into something? Sometimes I do put some undertones that might not be so <laughs> safe for work in some safe for work pieces. Um, yeah. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes. But overall, I don't feel I don't feel like it's a bad thing that people like have their their own opinions on a safe for work piece because people can think whatever about a, a piece. Like you know, there is maybe something that the original artist may thinking on something, and then I go and I see that piece and I see like a completely different thing, and I'm personally okay with that so if people see not safe for work on their phones in my quote-unquote safe for work work <laughs> then it's like okay no what I what I should say is that if there is something in my, in my safe for work account and perhaps there is someone that want to tell me that oh I, I I saw this and I saw this that's not safe for work and you know they, they can they can tell me that it's cool I, I like to to read that but not to comment like super subjective subjective stuff and my safe for work mm. act yeah. because oh, I have my not yeah, safe for work account for something <laughs> and I don't want to mix like those two things in the same yeah in the same place I don't want the PPs yeah. to be in the same place of you know my actual safe for work work <laughs> yeah I get that. If you if you want to if you want to make something that's horny, you'll do it, and you'd rather not have people um, force a tone onto it. I yeah. can I understand that completely. And yeah, I make a lot of porn, but if, if I if I if I wanted to make something and somebody will start horny posting at me like ooh and and what what are they going to turn into hmm, this character looks ripe for it? Fuck off, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because because there are there are so many people that do that, and I get I get immediately exhausted, mm. and my tolerance just goes right the fuck away. Yeah, I don't appreciate that, and that's why um, that's why I like being able to ask people what is the point of what you're doing. It's 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 also just nice to talk about because it's good to communicate that stuff. I think especially yeah. between you know creative types or. Or just fans. I mean, it's a thoughtful conversation, all that stuff. Yeah. So then I'm I'm curious, do you have any advice for people who are trying to kind of stay safe for work in their focus but, you know, often feel like they're being pulled in not safe for work directions, be it from people in the comments or uh, you know, people trying to like horny post at you? I don't know, like no no one should feel obligated to draw not safe for work if they don't want to and if people it's starting to uh horny post on main <laughs> yeah perhaps to say it would be a good idea like hey don't say this stuff in my in my work this is a not uh, this is a safe for work account and i prefer those comments to be on dm or something like that i don't know I actually have some some friends that have that problem 
friends that also do uh, werewolf content and they do mm-hmm. rather safer word stuff and they are constantly constantly getting like horny comments and stuff like that and yeah. like first off that's like uh, annoying <laughs> because if you are you're looking at a safe forward like, like like it's a clearly safe forward piece and then you have someone in the comments like oh that's sexy oh that wall that wolf man oh i want it's like i don't know it's like uncomfortable and actually i don't yeah, know I, I don't know why people do that <laughs> when it's a uh, safe forward place like i on Twitter, perhaps it's like an okay thing, but still a no because do you see when someone has a safe power account? Usually, people have uh, that on on the bio. This is yeah. a safe power account, and I know people should read that before doing comments and stuff like that. But in places like Instagram, Instagram is. L- you can po- you can you cannot horny post on Instagram. It's like, bro, don't do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't do that because it's not the place. <laughs> yeah. If you are in for affinity, I understand that yeah. you are horny posting in, horna- in for affinity. <laughs> for affinity is the place yeah. to yeah. horny post. In fact, but on Instagram, yeah, yeah, on, on the right people. pieces. On Twitter, yeah. not really. Yeah. It depends. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, it yeah depends. Uh it always depends, but but uh, the, yeah, just because fur affinity is like free and clear to have so many levels of porn, I still would not want to. I want to come with a tented pants at somebody in the comments, you know? <laughs> what it, the fuck? Yeah, it's it's frustrating, and I I think that you know I know you were kind of think or I guess thinking aloud about why people do these kinds of things. I mean, I think at the end of the day, sometimes people don't have a sense of the boundaries of others and i think that's oftentimes because people these people suffer from main character syndrome as i like to call it where it's like this is clearly about me and my experience with this and i need to tell you an npc in my story how it affected me and it's like no uh actually you're not the main character and join my party right now yeah (laughs) or or stay away you know like it's like we are all experiencing the world in our own ways and it's great that that was your experience but this is not the space to share it what was your experience to bring that shit to somebody (laughs) nothing well nothing of meaning to other people i'll tell you i'll tell you one thing it's uh gets taught to a lot of boys because it's guys and i know it's mostly fucking guys don't lie to me okay it's it's guys who get taught that the way you're going to get somebody is to be assertive and uh they they don't know what the fuck that means and they also don't understand that being assertive doesn't necessarily mean you know pushing yourself on people and that that's what pisses me off yeah this is why like okay um i'm glad that i can have conversations with uh with people who don't make the kind of content i do a lot because as as much as i make porn and make stuff that i think is horny and attractive and all that i i still want to be able to talk to people on like a basic creative level yeah and and i think that if you can't even do that Mm -hmm. as uh as a viewer as a fan then you need to get your shit together for that yeah however it needs to get done 
That's not a way to interact with people. I have seen at least one account, and if I could remember the name, I wouldn't say it anyway because I won't. I don't want to give people shit. Um, actually, did say in their profile, um, like horny unwanted messages welcome. Right on the fucking profile. I don't see that. And I'm like, oh, okay. So you want people to give you the give you the thirst posting and shit. You want to see those weird, creepy... Oh, wait, that was it. Weird and creepy comments welcome. That's yes. what it yeah, said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It actually said that, and I was like, wow. All right, then. Yeah, well, at, hey, at least that person's saying up front that yeah. that's what they want, and <laughs> most people don't. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's really it. Yeah. Uh, people generally don't want that. If you don't understand that already fuck man yeah if you, if you don't understand that already we have a library of podcasts that you can listen to that tells you why that's you should actually <laughs> yeah. we're gonna be part of that at this rate yeah fuck god oh man um well i want to touch on werewolves a little bit because it's come up so many times and i guess <laughs> yeah I, well i just i'm i think everyone has their own perspective and i'm i'm curious as to what about werewolves speaks specifically to you, Guppy? Well, when I first saw Werewolf Content Media, of course, it was like always the man-to-beast trope, but in a, you know, like mm -hmm. a curse way. And yeah. that basically stuck with me <laughs> since <laughs> the first time I saw it. So, I don't yeah. know. I, I like that. I like that because it kind of lines with why with what I've already said about suffering and people um, going through these stages of life that are not uh, that are not fun. <laughs> and I don't know. I just find that fascinating. And also, werewolves are like super fun to draw, and there is like a, a lot of a variety. Like you can do whatever with werewolves because werewolves are not la are don't doesn't have rules, okay? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what? How do you like to make your werewolves? I I've seen your work, but I see you also play around with it a lot. Is there's uh, certain things you like to get out of werewolves, or do you just kind of mess with it as much as you can? A bit of both, actually, because. Okay. Um, yeah, what happened to werewolves is that most of the time um, werewolves stories happen on like this very specific uh, like scenarios like it's always on North America or Europe or you know the, those kind of places and it's like Werewolves, werewolves sometimes have the same type of design and I like to play with the design of the werewolves if itself to try to, you know, perhaps if the werewolf look that way it will communicate better this, this idea I have and if the werewolves perhaps, if werewolves have tail that means they are like more expressive, but if they don't have tails, they're like more beast looking. And I, I, I use I like one, that. I just like to play with that. Yeah, I, I just like to play with that. I, I do feel like mm -hmm. all werewolf designs are valid. Like I, I don't, <laughs> I don't think there is a wrong werewolf design because, because all werewolf designs uh, go 
with this, the story they, they are in, right? And if a wearable was designed with those characteristics, then it's because it, it was, um, it, it goes along with the story. And I try to do that too. And I also try to make wearables like, I like to also design wearables that resemble the character I, I taking because if the w every wearable look the same then I, I don't know I don't find that so fun <laughs> yeah I yeah. understand that you want to keep things you want to keep things interesting yeah I, I can say that <laughs> yeah absolutely so so then when it comes to when it comes to the you know, designs, I'm glad that you like to play with them because shapeshifters can have an infinite amount of expression and I really, really love that idea that um, you'll do it to suit your needs. You're not going to follow rules or your preferences as much. And I actually think that's really good to... I think it's really good for people to expand their boundaries on that. Depending on how you're feeling, how do you want them to look? Do you want them to have beadier eyes or bigger teeth or you want to look meter or I do like the uh, fact that you acknowledge that having a tail would add expression because I really like the idea of tails being expressive things more than anything um, yeah I also like there is this thing that I did once that I did two different world of design for the same character and I did that because well, the character, it's already there, it exists. If you know the character, you know it, you know him. And why I made two wearable designs was because I, I, I had these two headcanons of, okay, if the werewolf means this in this situation, then the final form of the werewolf is going to look like this. And if the werewolf have this other context, then the werewolf is gonna look different, and that's why you have one werewolf that look like a dark and scary wolf monster thing, and <laughs> the other design look like a golden retriever. <laughs> Actually, and yeah, that I, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I like to play with that. I like to to make things like a bit different. I know that werewolves have the the meant to be strong and edginess, but I do think that werewolves have also have, uh, you know, the ability to communicate other, other, other things. And werewolves are just fun, are, are are fun to work with, and I love them. Yeah, and I'm glad. And that, and yeah, I I just really enjoyed the amount of things that you could do with any kind of monster. <laughs> then it makes me wonder, you know, if you're doing. Okay, so so if you're speaking to the purpose of like what a werewolf uh, what you want the werewolf to express or something like that uh, I mean, usually when you see a werewolf it's um, it's a lot of puberty allegories and stuff and uh, uh, did you do you feel like uh, werewolves had an impact on you growing up or other allegories revolving around you know puberty or stuff like that mm -hmm. uh, when I was growing up uh I, like, mm, I used like werewolves when I was a kid. I don't, I didn't really feel like 
connected with them in the sense of that they helped me to grow up or something like that because I didn't I didn't knew that werewolves could have that type of metaphorical meaning when I was a kid um, but I definitely see werewolves as a very good allegory to puberty in both male and female puberty it just works fine it's like it works fine <laughs> for both yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, I, I I don't see any reason that it would be different. I think it yeah. would be really fucking weird if somebody specifically distinguished why it should be for only one. Yeah. Oh, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Have you done that? I've I've seen people do kind of stuff really. Like there yeah, are yeah, there are stories where werewolves are only male characters. I think Teen Wolf, or yeah. I I'm not sure, but there are stories. And there is people that make stories that where werewolves are only male, and I find that very annoying. <laughs> oh yeah, fuck those people. I think it's really weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's bullshit, honestly. I would like like more lady werewolves in media. Yeah, that would be nice. Because there's so many of them, right? <laughs> <laughs> there are so fucking many of them I, off the top of my I, head. Oh, I, which I, one do I pick? I, I want to be very clear for the audience. Uh, this is a, a bit of an in-joke because um, there was a recent Lady Werewolf TF in which a number of, a, a subset of people were complaining that they felt that too often it was focused on women becoming werewolves which is just so like disconnected from reality (laughs) and the like real world that we were just like having a laugh over it because of how fucking ridiculous it was that some people were actually saying that where i'm like where where please explain to us because that's not the fucking case What are you watching? What bubble do you live in? Oh my god, another woman. Are you having trouble finding guys turning into werewolves? Yeah. I, in, in in this economy? Fucking, it's insane. Get the fuck out of here, yeah. man. Get the fuck out of here. And also complain like, oh, another woman. Get the fuck you too, okay? It's called misogyny. That's no. What's it no, no. <laughs> just to be, be very, uncharitable. very clear, it's misogyny. Don't be so uncharitable now. I mean, it's I just so many chicks. I, I'm done with this joke. <laughs> well, on the general content media, it is true that it's almost always guys that turn into werewolves and ladies are like non-existent. Yeah. <laughs> But um, on fandom, on, on the fandom, I see that there is like more werewolf content with women. But I don't know if if it's the approach I would like to see with werewolf women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. You you like it in your kind of uh, approach, and it doesn't necessarily mirror what a lot of other people in the fandom do. Yeah, I also mm, you know I like male characters. <laughs> yeah, entirely fair. So I'm okay. <laughs> Sadly, I only like men. Sadly. I mean, you could be sad about it, or you can just be happy about it. Some men only like men, too. <laughs> it's time for gay... It, 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 it. Oh, I know. <laughs> gay shame month? I only like one. Oh my god. I can't... Uh, I can't find it in me. 
<laughs> Por que los nos dos, I'm just saying. I just butchered that sentence. I apologize. Blah. Blah. <laughs> so ju- ju- July is gay shame month. <laughs> no. June is June is pride and July is wrath. If you want August to be shame, that's a fine whatever. <laughs> because August has nothing going on. No, August as, has nothing going for you it. You might as well reflect on why you only like one. Yeah. Lots of deep thought to happen. Don't actually don't actually be ashamed no, of liking one. No, don't. Please don't be ashamed. Person, please. It's um, fine. <laughs> <laughs> this is so stupid. I don't know how we got on the tangent. But uh, no, the, the thing I the thing I did want to ask then is so you you've obviously played with different ways of portraying it and i know that libra was kind of asking you know what you like about the particular ways and such i guess i want to know what is your favorite part of a werewolf tf and what's your least favorite part of a werewolf tf Oui. <laughs> um well my my favorite part it's the back and the mm. neck and the torso oh, because yeah. i like to see Bags, necks, and torsos. Yes. Male teeth. Please, more. <laughs> thank you. Fuck yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also like bags because, I don't know, I have this idea that the spine part is specifically is probably the most intense part of a transformation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, clothes ripping and... and muscles growing and bones smirking through the skin it's like i don't know the most sexy the most sexy thing i could yeah. think of <laughs> so i like bugs i like God bugs a lot it, yes. i my least favorite part um used to be fit and i want to make emphasis on used to mm-hmm. <laughs> because after doing so many tf where i have to draw fit transforming to uh, man i don't know Maybe I I don't know. Fit. Yeah. Look, I like I, I I genuinely like everything, and I kind of rotate into what I want to see. Mm-hmm. But I always have like there are a few things that just kind of I, I would like to see more of on any given day. So if you know if the hands are changing, if the feet are pulling out and stuff, that's great. Uh, I do need my torso changes though. Mm-hmm. I do need that. Yeah. Every time, I need some of that. <laughs> well, that's fair. Torsos are very. They are important. very important. <laughs> they're like half your body or something. Yeah. They are. They're a big chunk of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, body language <laughs> and expression to be found in that. Yeah. Because um, even okay, because you, you do like funny little cutaways and zooms and oh, you yeah. make it look like people are doing all kinds of things just from what their back is doing, mm. you know. And you can and transformation takes that to extremes. Um, oh God, I don't remember what movie it was, but um, but it's a sex scene between two werewolves, and it's kind of campy. But you know, it's supposed to be it's supposed to be implied through the fact that this like woman is getting like more muscular, and you're not really seeing much of her change other than like some fangs. But the way her muscles are flexing through her back, like I don't know if they use like a double or something, but she was fucking pretty fucking ripped. Yeah. And I'm just like, ooh, that's really really nice. And you didn't really get to see anything, but the mm-hmm. implication was enough. Yeah. No, that's fair. 
So, yes. I think I know that movie. (laughs) I'm going to look for it after the show now. (laughs) i got to remember the name of the movie. Um... I think it's the the name is Wolves. 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 And I think it's a French movie. No, <laughs> I don't. Hmm. Yeah, I gotta look for it. But if you could show me the one you're talking about, that would be cool. Because yeah. I, I don't know the movie you're talking about, I'm sure. <laughs> I do not know Wolves. I also don't like werewolf movies too much anyway, so. I, I, I very much love werewolf movies, so. Well, Dog Soldiers was like above and beyond for me that's like one of the best werewolf movies to me hands down just just pour one out for spoon 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 was incredible fucking spoon what a fucking lad that guy is a hero he's a fucking hero and i just godspeed you beautiful bastard just god watch dog soldiers watch dog soldiers everyone watch it more than once watch it multiple times and pour one out for spoon yes every time every single time god damn so true. <laughs> There's a value in werewolves right there for me. Dog soldiers yeah, Dog Soldiers is a great yeah, movie. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. Oh, man. Well, I did want to make sure that we had time for some audience questions. Uh, so we actually have four this time. So we're going to try and, and uh, speed through them. I know we have more than usual. But we just had so many good questions from our audience that I, I had trouble picking next time. I'm sorry, I, I was indulgent. It's my birthday, bitch. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, the first question... Just clean up after yourself, okay? Okay, after sure. Indulging so fine, much. fine. The first question comes from Figer Fire, and they say, you've been hired by a villain, and they have given you the elements required to transform a hero in a party to get rid of the party. What is your uh, approach towards getting rid of the adventurers? Um, so I'm going to go first, because I had some time to think about this. Um, now, I don't know what rules we're supposed to be adhering to, but I'm just going to kind of make them up well, as we're going wait, along wasn't here. wasn't one of the caveats also that it wasn't necessarily intended to work if you just wanted to like, put them through an ordeal? I guess you could, but I mean, go for I'm going to go with dealing saying. with it. So... Um, I am going to turn one of the people in the party into, uh, I- I'm specifically going to target the healer, and I'm going to turn the healer into a flea, and, uh, good luck getting through the rest of the dungeon without the person who can heal your candy ass. Uh, you will be fucked, because the rest of the dungeon will just be out to kill you, and you will not be able to get healed in any way, because you will probably accidentally squash the uh, cleric after they get transformed anyway, so get good scrub. Okay, so you want uh, <laughs> you want the caricature of a Dark Souls game Exactly, exactly. Okay. In fact, I will turn them into a flea, a tiny little flea, and then I'll put that flea in a box, and then I'll put that box in another box, and then I'll mail that box to myself, <laughs> and when it arrives, <laughs> I'll slam it with a hammer! <laughs> That's just Freddy Krueger right there. <laughs> it's uh, it, it's it's uh, a, an homage to one of the greatest Disney villains, solely carried by her voice acting, Eartha Kitt, real one. But anyways, <laughs> what, what would be your answer? Oh, I love yeah, that Yeah, it's so good. A great TF movie, as it were. But anyways, I couldn't help but think of uh, Shantae 
Shantae and I think Half Genie Hero was able to turn into a mouse. Oh yeah. So when you would see these little crevices inside of the, uh, it just looked like these random patterns, and you're like, yeah, it's a game, but actually, uh, you can slip into it as a mouse in order to get around. Mm. So I would put the uh, I would put the adventurers through a bunch of ordeals where they pass a threshold, they get turned into the corresponding animal to uh, figure out the challenge. They're not going to know why they're that. Mm. They, they they may figure out like oh there's a thing to go to and then they have to put up with that but i would make them go through like the corresponding challenges so every single time they reach a new threshold oh first one is a mouse now you're a small monkey now you have wings like oh i have wings this is going to be easy no i won't this is you can fly you also don't know how to fly so um yeah i would go with something like that um and uh yeah that's the kind of ordeal that i would do I like the idea of a challenge that you can actually make it through because uh, you give people enough hope and uh, they might get themselves killed. Fair enough. That's some diabolical thinking. I also like to. I also like <laughs> to fancy the idea that if I'm the final boss, I want to be like. Oh God, no, none of you know what I'm talking about. I want to be like Geese Howard. No idea. What Nobody you're knows about. Geese in this call. No. Okay. No. Yeah. Just, just like. Um, <laughs> Just to try to make it real boilerplate, uh, final boss of a fighting game who is like, he, he's he's a mob boss, all right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, I'm gonna get revenge because you killed my dad. And you're like, all right, you get through his goons, you get through the streets, and you get to him. And it's just like, oh my god, he is a unparalleled martial arts master with uh, with immense power, and uh, the only reason he has other people do his things is that he doesn't want to waste his time on you. Oh my god. Geese is cool. Okay. Duly enough. <laughs> uh, Guppy, do you have a, a response to the question? Um, I don't know. I'm gonna go with the easy answer, and I'm gonna turn one hero into, I don't know, um, poison, poisoned honey? And the other ones won't know that their friend just turned into poisoned honey, and they will eat the honey, and they will die. Okay. Damn. <laughs> that, that is uh, one way to deal with it. Okay. <laughs> Very utilitarian. I like it. Just to kill. <laughs> just to kill. I, I support this. And thinking adventure, both of you are just like, I'm just marry you. Yes. Like, well, I mean, yeah. But uh, I was thinking in terms of story. <laughs> well, fair enough. <laughs> um, so the next question we have is from Chozo FS, and uh, they ask, you are given the opportunity to TF into whatever you want, and it can last for however long you want, but the restriction is that it can only be someone or something from the last video game you played. What do you pick to transform into? Oh man, I played Sonic Frontiers last time. <laughs> <laughs> well now you have to pick. And I forgot about the question, so I was wondering, do I have to pick something from Scourgebringer, or do I have to pick something from, from fucking 30XX or, or Super Alloy Rangers? But nope. no, now I gotta pick something from Sonic Frontiers. I have to think. Somebody else go first. Okay, so, um, this question is obviously easy mode for me. If I, my the last game I've played is Ratchet and Clank, because I knew this question was coming, I made sure that it wasn't. Um, because I would then I would just be like, guys, kind of ratchet, easy. Like next question. Um, so the last game that I played was Returnal. Um, there are some really fucking cool designs for just monsters in Returnal. 
wondering which one of those you would pick. And I was really, really wanting, like, like Returnal. I'm, it, it's very easily could happen. Yeah. No, so, um, yeah. So I, I thought about it a little bit. Um, I think the one that I would want to go for is, and correct me if this is not the right name, but uh, there's a, a monster called, the I think, the Titanops. Which is basically the big, massive monster that has a cleaver as like one arm, oh, and like will run up and fucking guy. punch you. Yeah, that one, who fucking makes the spikes come out of the ground <laughs> yeah. and has the tentacles everywhere. Piece of shit to deal with. That would be my fucking pick. Because okay. I think that would be a fucking gnarly TF, and I would enjoy that shit. That would be fucking wild. Yeah. How about you, Guppy? Um, well, I actually don't remember the last game I played because I don't usually play mm. games. Um, I think the last the last one was uh, just one video game I have on my phone, which is about a spaceship destroying stuff with the little mm. race. I guess I will turn into the little chip. <laughs> but if I can choose the other last game I played which was Castlevania Order of Ecclesia of course <laughs> I will turn into this boss that's called Eligor and Eligor is like a big horse thing weird thing with a one eye on his head and I want to turn into oh, that yeah. it's like a huge horse thing and it's um very annoying to fight with. <laughs> to find against. Find I guess. that boss battle, uh, so you can, so I can put that on the screen for people to see. Hell yeah! It's been a long time since I played the game. Uh, yeah. Just uh, to spell out the name for me later, so I can find it. Yeah, I do yeah, want yeah. people to see that. Yeah, that shit's good. Awesome. Yes. Um, I just like the design, the design of Eligor. That's. The reason. I support that. That's <laughs> a very good reason. It's my fave. Uh-huh. It's my fave. Nice. Okay. Great. So then the next question we have I comes... I didn't answer. Oh, sorry. You're right. Go ahead. I've, you were thinking and about I, Sonic and I, and I was stewing over it, so I have to. So now <laughs> I feel like I... I no, must. no, no. You absolutely do. Sorry. I, uh, I apologize. I, I, I struggled a bit, but I am going to land on Supreme, and nobody knows what I'm talking about. I don't. Uh, but people will see it on screen. Uh, Supreme is really fucking cool, and when I first fought it, I was uh, was really fucking impressed, and uh, all the bosses in that game are really, really fun and really amazing, but Supreme um, was doing so much shit that I'm like, wow, you, you really made this game specifically for me to enjoy? <laughs> like, holy fucking shit! <laughs> Sorry, are you telling me Supreme's like Berserk? I'm telling you that Supreme is more like Metal Gear Solid 2. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Nobody knows Fortune either. <laughs> I saw the gun and I was like, no. oh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> really noted. I look forward to seeing this, this clip so I have a better understanding. Much of what love it looks to like. Fortune 2. Hell yeah. So sad. Okay. You were a great fortune. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, the next question we have is from Max Velocity, and he says, "If you were given godlike powers and had the ability to offer humanity a single species or category for people to voluntarily TF into, what would you pick, 
and what would be the thing you would use to convince people to willingly transform? Uh, Jesus. I, that's, I don't know why I would want to convince them. You reject it, the premise of the question. Kinda, because that, <laughs> that sort of implies that, yes, I absolutely want that for people, and I kind of don't. Mm. Uh, if I have to, if I have to participate with the question, I guess I would offer something that would. Uh, I can't really pick, and like a bird seems like an easy answer, but someone that something that would offer like a good deal of, at least physical freedom, you know, mm -hmm. because if you could go places and exist in many places, that expands your options. If you did not want to be a human, um, I can't really think of what would fit that bill for most because mm -hmm. because it wouldn't be fair uh, oh, you, anybody could turn into that yes i would like you to turn into a frog in this arid hellscape uh <laughs> with your with your sensitive skin and uh and your need for water and i'm gonna convince you to do that like god damn i'm just genociding people in some places yeah uh so i <laughs> yeah i i cannot cooperate um, and I will not cooperate with the question, but uh, what I will say is there's, there would be something to offer. Like, it would have to be an option for, yeah, if you don't want to be whatever, then this is what you get. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's your choice. Also, the other thing that, um, was uh, permanence, indefinite change uh, in terms of that wasn't really stated. I guess I could assume that people could just turn into stuff and turn back. Which, if it did, then I would still have to pick something. Mm. But otherwise, yeah, the the idea of like convincing somebody, like, do it, don't you want to? I'm not the evil genie type. No, that's fair. I also have a way to kind of break the question, but then I'll give another answer. Uh, so it says species or category. So I would just offer everyone the ability to get super buff. Ah. And then I'd just be like, yeah, it's like, you can just get super buff. You don't even have to like go through. The other shit, I mean, obviously you're going to have to maintain it afterwards, but hey, you skip the hard part. Uh, <laughs> I feel like that would be a pretty convincing selling point. But if I did have to pick a species, I would pick dinosaurs. And the way to convince people would be like, don't you want to see dinosaurs again? Well, now you can be the dinosaur you always wanted to be. Oh, okay, so non-discreet. Yeah. Okay. Because there are species of dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are <laughs> thing anyway. Yeah. They're in the categories. Yeah, exactly. Wait, wait yeah. to wait to interact with it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How about you, Guppy? Mm, I don't really know how to answer the question because mm, I don't know if I mm, maybe I will offer people they can turn into I don't know any type of, of little creature, perhaps uh, a cat, people that maybe a lot of people want to turn into a cat. And what I would offer back for that would be like paying a lot of money to them to do that. <laughs> so when they turn into cats, they can, they can get the money because they're cats. So <laughs> I love it. I'll pay you a million dollars to turn into a cat. Too bad you can't use a million dollars because now you're yeah. a cat. So I use, I, I will use uh, be turning people into cats and, and I will not pay them. <laughs> <laughs> I will just do that. And I think you'd need at least a million dollars to show them, though. Yeah, oh, well, I mean, you <laughs> can show them. One million dollars to like just have. 
Yeah. You never spend it. You never give it away. It is merely yeah. a token. Yeah. Each person, you're just like, here's a million dollars. Okay. Well, now you're cat. Bye. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, and the last question we have is from Kitsune Shapeshifter, and so they say, if you are limited to transforming one existing part of your tail, so uh, sorry, one existing part of your body, so no tails, um, what part would you choose? No, what animal for that part? Yes, obviously, I was very sad that I couldn't pick a tail. Uh, so, what part would you choose, and what animal for the part? Uh, I'll go first because I've. I've stepped on my on the, the question. I know, I know. I just, I really want a tail. See, this question is just specifically designed to fuck with me, so I'm sad because obviously, normally my answer would just be tail. But oh, um, tails are so easy, Zill. Uh, well, I mean, isn't there a bunch of clothing and shit? You could just have a tail anywhere, no matter what and how things are made. Tails are easy, right? <laughs> is that why you had tails omitted? Because they're easy. They're not that yeah, easy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's easy because they're easy. Yeah, but no, I, I did, I did think about it. Um. I think what I would pick, because the questioner clarified that it can also be like, you know, if it's like hands, you can have both. Um, I could, I would either pick my ears or my feet. If I could pick wombaxes, I would pick ears, just because I love, I love bax ears. But it does say species, so I'm assuming it has to be something that does need to be like a real world species so i'm gonna go with snap paws i like some snap paws okay yeah how about you would you have so so you'd have like the straight up paws or uh, or like a combination so like kind of i mean for the feet i ideally it would be like oh for the feet i'm sorry feet. yeah I, sorry i, I was feet. thinking hands or no something. no no feet no i'd pick oh okay paws. i think yeah i think i think that's a fine I think that's a fine pick. I was actually considering something with the feet because not needing shoes would be kind of cool. Oh, yeah. I like that shit. It's like, oh, this terrain will require special protection or some kind of shoe. But usually not. Yeah. Um, wipe my feet when I go into places. Okay, yeah. That's cool. So if you were picking feet, what would the species be? That was really hard. I mean, I thought of something like goat hooves because they could sail <coughs> vertical cliffs. Oh yeah, that's true. You know, that would be cool. Obviously they got something going on there. Oh yeah. Uh, if I had to pick feet. <laughs> Otherwise I think I'd want some... I either want a, I'd want like a snake tongue or or like a, I don't know what kind of teeth I'd want, but I'd want some kind of like nasty looking scary teeth. Fuck yeah. yeah. I love teeth. <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause, cause yeah, I also I also did grow up biting people. <laughs> Same. Good thing I don't do that anymore. People will only fight me if I do that. Oh, I still bite people, but only when they want me to. Got <laughs> How about you, Guppy? <laughs> um, I will choose some kind of uh, beard eyes. But beard that have like very good eyesight, mm -hmm. like hog or an eagle or a howl. Um, and well, I will change my eyes to one of those <laughs> because I am pretty much blind. <laughs> so that will solve a problem for me. No. And if anything, then I will just wear sunglasses so people will not uh, 
think I am weird or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'll be like Wesker. I don't know. Oh man, he's, I don't he's know. a Resident Evil villain. Uh, uh, okay. His shtick is that he always wears sunglasses, and then after one of the games, he finally comes back after a long absence, and his sunglasses come off, and his eyes are fucking orange and are slit, and it's like, what the fuck happened to you? <laughs> and now he's got all these superpowers and can matrix you to death and choke slam you and Damn. It's like fucking dodge bullets and. Wesker was a very... Wow. <laughs> yeah, Wesker was really fucking cool to me. I don't care how dumb he was. I liked what he could do, and I wish I could do that. Yeah. He was fucking awesome. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a Love you, pick. Wesker. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that was all the questions we had. I don't know, Guppy, if you had any questions for us. Um, I do, actually. Okay. And I was curious if you know any content that you will consider is like a TF content but it's not really a TF content oh. <laughs> like the way you uh, perceive the content makes you think it's like a mm. TF but it's not that's a really good question or just give you that feel yeah, that's a really good question yeah do you have any thoughts content that can come off as transformation but isn't focused like that yeah Yes. I have I have an answer that's uh, that's kind of semantic, but I think at least fits the idea. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Training day. Training day. The movie Training Day. Uh huh. Okay, so spoilers for anybody who hasn't watched Training Day. I fucking love that movie. It's one of my favorite movies, hands down. Yeah. Training Day involves a rookie cop who gets put on. Uh, who gets put on duty with a veteran detective and mind you yes all this stuff takes place over the course of one day mm -hmm. and this guy gets put through so much that he goes from being someone who is unsteady to a guy who ends up just fucking losing his shit and uh and completely taking down the detective that he was paired with in the beginning damn and explaining why would take so much time, but I love that movie, and that is a tr that is a transformation of a guy in one day who sees like the good and possibilities of trying to be a civil servant to honestly do good, yeah. and realize that there is no fucking way you would ever do the good that you really want to because everything is rotten. Everything is so fucking disgustingly, horribly rotten. Mm. That is a transformation story. And I love it so goddamn much. Oh, I, I want to watch it again right fucking now. <laughs> God damn, I love that movie. Hey, listening to this, you know you love it. God, ugh. Yeah. Good answer. Um, I think mine is a little less cerebral, but... I was thinking, and I was thinking, and I was like, you know what, I think this is the only answer I can give that I can fully support and stand behind. Um, I think if I had to pick one, um, I would go with the transformation that we witness when you watch the episode of Kitchen Nightmares for Amy's Baking Company, because Gordon Ramsay truly goes through a transformation from someone who is coherent and lucid to someone who has just completely lost their goddamn fucking mind. It is, it is an oh God, ode to me. everything I love about Gordon Ramsay and just, oh, 
I just he he truly loses his fucking shit and it is beautiful to watch <laughs> and I genuinely just love that fucking episode so goddamn much. So, you know, I think at the end of the day, um, that is not explicitly a transformation story, but I feel like it has that, that energy, you know? I just, it does. I, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that was a great question. Thank you. Um... And thank you so much for, for coming on the show, Guppy. I really enjoyed having you here and getting to kind of pick your brain on some of these topics. If people are curious to find you online, where can people find you? Um, uh, people can find me on Twitter, Paul Guppy on my Safe for Work account, and Vicentes is my not Safe for Work account. I also have Tumblr and Instagram, and I'm as Guppy's Colita there. <laughs> and my Fur Affinity page mm-hmm. is Guppy's Paw. People can find me there. <laughs> Amazing. And well, it was a pleasure actually to be here and be a guest. Um, you you have no idea how much I I enjoy watching the episodes of this beautiful podcast mm-hmm. and it has helped me a lot in this journey in this crazy journey of discovering the transformation fandom <laughs> or community better thank say you. Uh, thank you for saying yeah that. thank you that's really sweet um i'm glad that thank you yeah and and well you know despite the compliments and everything now you help build up that concept that you like so much yeah the the Content. This is a project that we're doing. You know, it is a project. It's a, it's not just it's not just us trying to, you know, make things for only the sake of making. Yeah, no. I think yeah. the thing that I always think about is, like we said at the kind of earlier in this episode, you know, we're still making these episodes because there's still things to talk about. Our work is not yet done, and maybe there will be a time when I I feel like we have accomplished that. But like the community we're on our own journey and i think that as we evolve the podcast evolves and as the podcast evolves the community does too so you know i really appreciate you contributing to it and kind of sharing your insights especially because and i I say this you know very much so as we said in earlier it's so important to have different perspectives especially ones from uh you know non-english speaking countries because transformation is so much more varied and rich than just the the north american bros who talk about tf so when we say universal we don't mean everybody who can speak english okay yeah exactly and so i just i appreciate you having this conversation with us and sharing with us your perspectives because i think they're incredibly valuable yeah absolutely although i have one more i have one question for you guppy if you don't mind uh, okay. <laughs> sure, sure, we gotta go. Go ahead. Okay. If you got Guppy's head, paw, and tail, would you want to turn into Guppy? Of course! <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would. I, okay, so. I, I would love to know what Guppy would look like <laughs> for you. But thank you for answering. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, everybody. Thank uh, you very that much. That was a good question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just it, had to know. It merited asking, I think. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah. I'm so glad. It's been it's been great. Yes, just like uh, yeah. It, it goes both ways. Thank you very much for being on. Yeah. And um, yeah, again, subscribe to our Patreon. Help us support us in this project. Uh, help people who don't understand this stuff better understand it if they're not already in this niche we want to also like to make sure that we can be a way for people that don't get it yeah to better understand it if you have friends and stuff like that or just people that you know who caught on to them like i don't know how the fuck to explain this well we can help yeah and if anything else you know you can hear me say bussy more <laughs> Along the way, you will Along have way. additional bussies. Yeah. Supplement bussies. <laughs> Shout out to Hornbuckle. <laughs> My bussy is a closed species. Alright. And with that, thank you so much everyone for listening. <laughs> we'll be back again next week, but in the meantime, I hope that you stay hydrated, get some good rest, keep an open mind, and stay TFA, and we'll see you all next week. You are not alone in this abyssal darkness. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>